and the clock has started. Pixel Life. This is episode 137, recording April 25th, 2021. My name is Zach Anderson, and this week we are going to be discussing the Captain Americas, the Invincibles, things we've been playing, VR games that Shannon will never play, and more, I'm sure. So to do that, I have with me as always, Mr. Shannon, I don't mess with zombies or parasites more. Uh, hello. I, I, you know, it's not that I won't play it. I just need a diaper to play it so that when I crap myself <laughs> while I'm playing the game, I don't have to worry about sullying my house. That's, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but a man that knows his way around a zombie diapers or no, Mr. Justin Time Carter is also on the show. Justin, how you doing? Dude, I'm doing pretty good. I, uh, I went out to, it was like half an hour away from here, but I met my buddy Matt for breakfast this morning at this place and had a a, a Benedict, classic oh, Benedict, with a, nice. a nice like banana cream uh, pancake. It was delicious. That, that sounds ridiculous. I'm into it. Yeah. I remember when uh, me and Shannon were in Vegas and made the discovery that this one place had a uh, uh, fried chicken and waffle Benedict. Mm-hmm. And it was sinful, but amazing. Yeah, it 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 ruined not only it was like a twofer. It ruined not only my chicken and waffle experience, but also my eggs Benedict experience for like a good ten years. <laughs> yeah, because every every meal after that, it was like this is good. It isn't that though. It just it's not that. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was the wonderful combination you didn't know you needed until you had it, and then it like broke my brain essentially <laughs> but it's also like the one thing that you need vegas for because vegas is yeah. just like what kind of weird crap can we make that people are gonna like and just like oh i don't know let's just let's put like 10 people in a room get them high as hell and then give them like cooking experience and then just make have them make something <laughs> dude shannon do you remember the french toast from that place that uh, was just straight <laughs> up like a a baguette that they a brioche baguette that they split down the middle and then made French toast out of it, and we're like, here, take this. So let me ask you, was that on the first day that we were there? Because I didn't taste food <laughs> from like Shannon's the second day on. No, yeah. it wasn't even that. It was the it was the damage I did to my mouth by drinking Jack Daniels the first night that we were there. Uh, oh, that was that first night because we, <laughs> we went yeah. to the bank and got <laughs> bottle service that night, yep. and. Uh, I believe it, the race was me, you, and uh, our friend's wife, Amy, uh, against everyone else. And everyone else was had a fifth of vodka, and the three of us were taking down a fifth of Jack Daniels in the bank. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was a fun night. <laughs> I cashed that check, and I regret nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was good times. It was it good was. times. It was. Uh, I'd like to say I was young and stupid, but that was like eight years ago. I don't know. <laughs> I think it was nine. <laughs> Dude, 
I was like, when I went to Vegas for my 21st, after we saw Daniel Tosh, we were like driving down the freeway and I saw a sign and I lost it. I'm like, dude, 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 I'm like, we need to go there. It was Panda Express and it said it was open 24 <laughs> hours and it blew my mind because it's like closed at like 8 a, like 8 p.m. here. Like all yeah, the fucking yeah. I was like, bro, I was like, it's 1130 and I can get Panda Express. <laughs> I'm like, let's go. I'll put it this way. The Denny's that is next door to Casino Royale along the strip across from Caesar's Palace has saved my life on more than one occasion. Like, dude, when it's 4 a.m. and a pot of coffee and just a plate of food, I don't even care what the food is. Just put it moons over my hammy. Yeah, great. Double it up. Like. When we went to a friend's wedding in Vegas the one time, my memory was like the morning I couldn't find my shoes and I walked barefoot into the gift shop to get water because I was so fucking thirsty and then went to McDonald's that was like in the casino and got a chicken biscuit and just sat there with no shoes on in the fucking restaurant with my head on the table eating a chicken biscuit. And you know and you know what? That was probably the most normal thing that those people had seen all day. Dude, and it was the best chicken chicken biscuit I ever fucking had. But that's that's the best part about the Vegas experience is you can do that and no one blinks. Like, no one looks at you weird. Like, it is just one of those things where you just show up and, yeah, you're shoeless, half a chicken biscuit hanging out of your face, and people are just like, sweet, you need a drink? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, toppy up, sir. Yeah. Oh, man. I will tell you, though, uh, if you are a, a gaming person, do not sleep on the casino coffee. Like, that's my move in the mornings. Is I'll sit at a blackjack table or or pie gal or something, and I'll get my, my coffee while I play. Casino floor coffee is fantastic. Like <laughs> it is really good. And I don't, it, as well as I don't, I don't Irish it up. I don't do any of those shenanigans that early in the morning. I'm trying to, to you know, get my mind right before I wreck the rest of my day by noon. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, casino floor coffee, man, just beautiful stuff. Probably has something to do with the fresh oxygen they're pumping into the place in the morning with the co- mixed with the coffee. Yeah, <laughs> they're pl- flushing out all that bud, cigarette smoke. My taste buds are on overload, just <laughs> huffing ozone and fucking drinking coffee. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I miss Vegas. I want to go back to Vegas. Well, I you know what? I actually just got my first vaccine shot today. Nice. So Did I'm you- halfway there. Which is why I'm happy we're recording right now, because who knows? You might feel like total ass tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, there's a pretty good chance that might happen. Oh, you know, it is such a coin flip. Like, I literally half the people I know that have gotten vaccines felt like hammered shit the next day. And the other half are like, I, nothing. I was fine. Like, not even a... I mean, myself, I got my... Uh, the second shot is what didn't make me feel like the first shot. I felt nothing. The second shot... I felt kind of run down, but I mean, I went to work. Like, it's not like I was dying or anything. My wife took this second shot and was just like death. Like she had like a fever, just sweating, chills, like all that for a good 12 hours, but then was fine. But it was just one of those, like, it's, it's such a coin flip of what you're going to get. Well, I hope, I hope I'm in your boat, sir. Yeah. Uh, Justin, you got your shot yet? No, not yet. I still need to. I've been uh, wait. I've been letting uh, some of my friends get it and stuff, and then been keeping track of what shot they got. And <laughs> like, like I've heard so much shit about the uh, like the Johnson and Johnson, the one and done one. 
mm-hmm. that I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good with that one. I'll I'll do the two part one. <laughs> As, what did you get, Shannon? Did you get the Moderna, the Pfizer? I got Pfizer. Yeah, that's what I had too. <laughs> and I, like I did that. it at Levi Stadium, which was a production. Um, I mean, like I must have been. It took, I probably went through three security checkpoints before I even got to do paperwork, and then it was like four or five different lines to get to the vaccine area. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, when I did I did mine at the Oakland Coliseum, and it, it was funny because I was talking to Robbie about it because uh, I guess he did his at Mercedes-Benz Arena, the Georgia Stadium. And, um, yeah, it, it, I'm not sure about Levi's, but – the Oakland Coliseum, it was like walking into a scene out of Contagion or like Outbreak <laughs> or something like that. It was like FEMA tents and like the National Guards running it and like directing traffic and all this. And it was just it was so surreal driving in there. It was one of those like, am I I feel like I'm in a one of these bad movies. I don't know. Yeah, but like at the the Oakland Coliseum, you stayed in your car, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, so at Levi Stadium, you don't. You park, and you get out, and you have to mm. walk into the stadium. And, like, everybody forgets the six-foot rule because, like, they're all excited about, like, you know, getting their vaccine. Yeah. Like, they're all up on you. Like, they're, like, I mean, it's just, you know, I had to tell people, like, three or four times, like, hey, um, you know, just keep our six-foot, like, radius, yeah. like, around us, please. Like, let's just, you know, chill out. I know we're all excited, but the line's going to move. You're not going to lose your spot. Totally. So... Yeah, it was a little different. I kind of wish I could just stay in my car. Yeah, it was it was nice being being in the car the whole time. I will say that. So, but yeah, I'm I'm happier. I'm happier on the path. Yep, two weeks, and then uh, then I go back on a Monday to get my second shot. Yeah, Justin, can you do me a favor and pick up that ball this week and get this shit? So when you're out here in July, we can actually like hang out and play a bunch of magic. Well, yes. Because, I mean, it's going to take you a month from go time. So, just saying, if you want to pick up that ball and get running with it, I wouldn't mind. Just, just throwing that out there. <laughs> Can do. <laughs> a lovely non-committal. Awesome. <laughs> um, I said <laughs> yeah, but that look you gave me when you said can do, I told you, you're like, you can do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of like you asked him to get his vaccine and finish negative space before he came out. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I expect beta on a flash drive before you even walk in the door. Yeah, yeah. Payment. Payment to enter my house. Um, well, all right. I guess we could talk about a little news. It, I didn't see a bunch that really jumped out at me this week, but uh, a couple things grabbed me. And coincidentally, they're both from Capcom. Um, are you guys Ace Attorney fans at all? I'm not, but I want I from the positive praise I've seen from it, I do want to play it. Okay. Because um, I, you know, uh, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney was one of those games on the DS way back in the in the day that. Uh, enough people told me I would like that I eventually picked up and instantly fell in love with. I ended up playing like all four of them. Uh, after that first one, it was like day and date release. I was the guy grabbing it, you know, fighting kids for Pokemon games at GameStop so I could get my Ace Attorney. And um, <laughs> and uh, they're fantastic. They're really, really good. And there were two uh, games called The Great Ace Attorney Chronicles, or, or two great Ace Attorney games that are 
uh, set in the 19th century. So like they're more like Victorian era games, Mm. but they were never, they never came to America. There was never an English translation. And uh, it got announced that on July 27th, they're bringing both those games in one package called the great Ace Attorney Chronicles to the switch, the PS4 and steam for 40 bucks. And I am all in like, I'm very excited about this. It suddenly jumped to my very excited to playlist. So uh, I just wanted to know if I was alone in that. Justin, are you are you an Ace Attorney guy? I am a fan. I mean, we wouldn't even have Murder by Numbers if we didn't have Ace Attorney. Thank you. So. Yes, exactly. Yes. So, Shannon, if you do like Murder by Numbers, it's basically Murder by Numbers. But instead of doing Sudoku, you're going around interrogating people. And I'm on board with that. Uh, I just want to know where should I start? Should I start with these Chronicle ones that are coming out, or should? Because uh, like I think the Switch, uh, I think they put the other Ace Attorney games on there yeah, too, the right? Yeah, the trilogy. They have the trilogy on the Switch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The trilogy. So then, the trilogy. I want to say is like it's like fifty bucks though, or something. Uh, it's, it's expensive. Like, it's like I think it's forty, but I mean they've been like usually I think it might actually be on sale right now because I think Capcom uh, okay. was doing a sale, and usually when it's on sale, it's like. 15 bucks or something like yeah. that like I, 20 and less would be what i would pay mm-hmm. for that for those games because i mean they're very you, you since you played murder by numbers you kind of know the formula that's that style mm-hmm. where like you know two characters are talking but there's not a lot of things moving it's just people float into the screen and dialogue gets delivered and yeah like justin's right they're they're way more just solving logic puzzles essentially um yeah, but it's thirty bucks. It's twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah. Okay, that seems all right, but still maybe a little high. I don't know. Um, but I think I think you might be okay just going with this one because I don't know if they're directly attached. Like I said, this is supposed to take place like a century before the other one. So I'm not, and and to be honest, I'm not a hundred percent sure if there's like a th- through line to the other Phoenix Wright games. Well, I mean, I'm just like the these are like an unknown, right? I mean, like, granted, mm-hmm. I mean, they they you know are gonna have like a like a a Metacritic score from like the you know Japanese area. Sure. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't know how that's gonna translate over like here, like as far as you know the uh the you know the translations for the dialogue, you know, is the I'm wondering if the trilogy that's on sale right now might be better for me to pick up because you guys have played it and it's a known variable for you guys that you like mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Like, and this is still kind of an unknown variable for you guys. Well, and and this does come out in July, so mm-hmm. it would at least okay. give you a primer over the mm-hmm. next couple of months if you like okay. it or not. Uh, but I might be able to convince you to pick up uh, the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles if I let you know that he teams up with a detective named. Herlock Schlomes. <laughs> and that I mean, is not bullshit. Like, that is... I'm in. Yeah, right? Uh, that, I'm in. That, that was one of those things when I read it. I'm like, that is so dumb and so great all at the same time. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Um, the other Capcom thing... Uh, so there was a whole other Resident Evil uh, special that, that was happening. And they are releasing a new trailer... Or, or not a new trailer, but a new uh, demo for for RE8 or Village or whatever the hell they're calling it. Um, it's a 30-minute demo. Uh, it's a very limited release. I believe it went up on the PlayStation Store for PS5 yesterday. Uh, any of you get it? 
No, I'm like at that point where it's like it comes out like next month. Yeah. So it's like I'd rather I'm at the, I played the first demo. I'm like I already they already have my money. I was totally. like, so I just want to play the actual game at this point. Yeah, and I'm kind of I'm kind of with you where if if it was one of those things where if it maybe was the entire first level and that progress carried over or something, mm-hmm. I'd be down. But yeah, if just to play 30 minutes wandering around, I'm good. I, I think I'm all right. I just want to see the game at this point. Um, but another thing to come out of that was they are rolling out RE4 as a VR game uh, for the Oculus. And I'm kind of intrigued by that. You know, the, the tank control style of RE4, I think, works really well. There's already a couple HD remakes of RE4 out there. Uh, and for my money, the Wii game, the Wii release of the of RE4, might have been the best Wii game. Like, it, seriously, it was really, really damn good. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by it. Like, I, it also doesn't do the whole jump scare thing like RE7 did, so I don't think it would be as harrowing of, of an experience in VR like 7 purportedly was. I don't own a VR headset, so I've never tried it, but I've heard it was like, to use the parlance of one Shannon Moore, pants shittingly scary. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm kind of intrigued. Like Oculus headsets are getting down, you know, they're they're not the crazy $700 thing. They're more like $350. I'm, I'm beginning to be intrigued. Shannon, you have an Oculus, correct? Uh, yeah, my uh, actually, uh, my family has three now. Um, what? So yeah, uh, my you girlfriend got a whole has farm over here. My girlfriend has a Oculus Quest two. My dad has an Oculus Quest two, and uh, I just picked one up uh, last weekend because uh, it was on sale at Best Buy. Um, wow. So uh, I, you know, I originally bought the one that my girlfriend was using for myself, and mm-hmm. then she got into the fit of uh, the fitness aspect of it. Oh, cool! And like she does that thing religiously, like every night. Um, so I'm gonna start getting into that with her. Um, but they that's a also cool, that's a cool lie you told yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I also did a 15 mile bike ride this weekend. Uh, so I'm starting to get back into the fitness thing. Um, but, um, but yeah. Uh, Oculus Quest 2 is doing a lot of cool stuff. Like they, with their latest firmware patch that they just mm-hmm. uh, uploaded to all of their units, you can actually play um, games on your PC. Um, you can stream. You can, uh, you know, as long as you're within range of your PC, you can mm-hmm. play them on your headset. Oh, um, that's cool. It's an experimental feature right now, so it's not like a full-on, um, like uh, I guess, uh, like program that you can run on your Oculus. But mm-hmm. it's something that they're working towards and they're giving their users the, the chance to try it out and kind of be their, um, you know, their their quality control before it rolls out as a, a standard feature. Gotcha. Um, so that's something I've been interested to try because now I can try playing control through my VR headset, um, mm. you know, off of, uh, through my PC, which I think mm-hmm. will be an interesting thing to try out. I can also try like Subnautica and other games that are going to terrify me. Oh, sure. Yeah. And so, um so yeah, I'm you know I'm on board to try it because I was just actually talking about this the other day. Aside from like Beat Saber and um, Super Hot VR, and um, you know maybe like two other smaller games, um, mm-hmm. there hasn't really been too much to draw me to um, the Oculus, with the exception of the the fitness um, portion of it. But um, you know with Resident Evil, you know coming out with with a game like that on Ocu- the Oculus platform, I'm intrigued to see what else they're gonna push out that way too. 
I, I would pay good money to see you stream yourself playing <laughs> RE7. Uh, yeah, I would good. like to see you in your living room playing RE4, just standing there, just screaming at Ashley. <laughs> you're like, what are you doing? Like, you're just standing there getting attacked by zombies. <laughs> well, I'm hoping that they put some type of like uh, two player um, functionality into it so that, uh, you know, I can play with my girlfriend and be like, OK, you play that person over there and then I'll play over here. And then you can record both of us screaming and shitting our pants <laughs> in a living room together. Yeah, they can bring uh, RE5 to VR. <laughs> did you I don't remember, Shane. Did you beat RE4? No, no. I think okay. I got like I think I got maybe like halfway through it. Did you get to the part with the regenerators? Mm, no. Uh, then that's the scene I want to have you stream <laughs> you playing it in, in VR. Because, <laughs> man, the first time you come across those regenerators, that's that's a moment. That's a moment in that game. <laughs> yeah, just rip the headset off because, I mean, that's the one problem, right? Is that If I was going to stream it, I would have to either, you know, use my phone to record it while I'm playing it and have like an outside shot. And then I would have to have a cord going from my Elgato to the headset, which might be yeah. a, which might rip my computer off the wall. Off the <laughs> oh, come on. Not that bad yet. But I'm, I'm, I like this idea, though, of taking some of these games that would work in uh, in different aspects and and putting them to VR with with the modern hardware. What did, what did the Quest cost you? What was it on sale so, for at Best Buy? It was like three sixty nine. It's usually it's usually three ninety nine, um, okay. but they knocked off like uh, like forty bucks or something like that. So it was like three fifty nine. And then with the care package and everything, in case I fall and trip mm-hmm. and smash my headset into my face, uh, you know, I got the warranty for like twenty bucks. And then, uh, and and the Quest Two is the one that's all it's it's totally wireless, right? Yeah, it's it's its own unit. Like cool. so, basically, you have the headset, um, which charges with a USB-C cable, and then you have uh, the two uh, joysticks, which are take I think it's two AA batteries. Um, okay. And then you're pretty much good. You it uses your Facebook account to create a profile for your um for all your purchases and stuff. Okay. And then you're basically just in the dashboard, and you uh, can choose your games. Uh, you can even watch your movies. Um. They have the new feature out where you can watch like sporting events and concerts, but it's not the greatest yet. Like they haven't fixed the resolution, so everything seems blurry. Um, but I mean, you could watch like a Lakers game or a Warriors game, or you know, you could take in a sporting event without actually being there, which is kind of cool. That is super cool. Um, you're, ah, I just need to see. I have an issue. And it's an issue that I put up on uh, on Twitter earlier this week. Next week, I'm going to have to try to come up with justifications of spending $70 on Returnal and then another $60 on Pokemon Snap mm-hmm. to to someone in my house that controls the finances that, <laughs> let's let's say, isn't me. And, uh, it, well, see, Pokemon Snap I can justify cause, because both kids are super into Pokemon. So I can, oh, yeah. I can get away with that. You show them the trailer, like, she'll buy it immediately because they yeah. will not shut up about Pokemon yeah. Snap once they see the game. The, the problem is Returnal, you know? That that one, I don't know why, but I didn't realize Returnal's like a $70 game. And I, in my mind, I figured it was like a $40 to $50 game. And then 
I saw it was getting crazy good reviews and like people were like gushing about how good Returnal is. And I got all excited and went to go like pre-order it. And I'm like, Oh, that's $70. Ooh, let me press pause on that pre-order real quick while I try to figure out if I can actually do this. Um, <laughs> narrator's voice. He actually went and did it. Uh, but <laughs> the, uh, the, then dropping another three, Sixty to four hundred dollars on a Oculus might might not be in the cards immediately, in that case. But uh, I'm you've got me very tempted. I'll put it that way. I'm very yeah. Tempted. I mean, there's rumors that like within the next year the Oculus Quest Three is going to come out. So I would probably just hold off and wait for the three to come out because there's a couple okay. extra features that they're touting are going to be in the next next one that's going to be, you know, pretty a, a, a remarkable step up from this one. Okay. Okay. Um, well, that's kind of all the, the big, any news things I'd have. You guys have anything else or should we slide into what we've been playing? Yeah, I don't think I have any extra news. Uh, I, uh, you know, as far as Returnal goes, like I haven't been up to date on that one too much. Like, what is that? What is it? Like, what is it? What is it? Why is it getting such good reviews and why is it a $70 game? So essentially, essentially it's kind of like a, a roguelike horror game. House Mark made it. Um, it's like a third-person action shooter type thing, uh, where you're you're on an alien planet and you're trying to explore. Like they're being very cagey about what the game is, and, and it's probably because they don't want to spoil story beats and stuff like that. But uh, it, I, reading reviews, it reminds me a lot of uh, uh, what was the actual name of Live Die Repeat, the Tom Cruise movie. Oh, the Edge of Tomorrow? Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, it it gives me kind of Edge of Tomorrow vibes where you can Mm -hmm. kind of go so far and then you die and then you're brought back. And then hence the Returnal part of it, Um, which is still an awful name, by the way. Returnal's (laughs) real bad. But the it's it's it seems to, you know, it seems to reward taking risks and stuff like that. And and you get. Apparently, like, the power system is based off parasites, and, like, you come across parasites on the planet, and you can attach them to yourself, and they'll begin to either help you or help you at a cost. You know, like, it'll it'll also damage you in some aspect, but help you in others, and it – so it gives you kind of that Bioshock plasmid type of effect in a way where you have some abilities mixed in with guns and stuff like that, but it seems to be a lot more based on exploring – and I'm just kind of into the whole vibe of it. Like every time I watch gameplays of it or, or trailers, I'm kind of like, yeah, I, I feel like it's good. And um, the reviews hit this last week and it's it's been really positive, like extremely positive. So I'm, I'm kind of in. I'm, I think I'm not, I think I'm going to be in. It sounds awesome. And you know what? And you know what? My PS5 needs something to play. I'm sorry. I've, I've, I'm kind of Miles Morales out at this point. You know, the, but the the true question is, can you play your PlayStation five? Uh, so, yes, I'll give you an update from last week. Um, I, I've received a few emails uh, and going through a essentially a hard reset of the console seems to have fixed the problem. It, hmm. Basically, what they think happened was essentially when it did its automatic update 
uh, the internal hard drive corrupted itself mm. in that process. And so I had to force wipe the hard drive and then rebuild it all by like downloading it all like OS and everything all over again. But now it works. So mm. how do so you that, feel about that? <laughs> I was happy that it worked. I was happy that it just worked. Like it, it was one of those, like if I had spent the two and a half hours I did uh, two days ago doing this and have it not work, I would have been furious because it was still under the guise of like, oh, this should fix the problem. I'm like, should isn't will. Should isn't <laughs> definitely does. it. You know, so I, I had it in the back of my head that there was still this was still all going to fail. And I was going to be extremely mad and sad. Um, you know, it's new hardware, new things. I'm willing to accept that outliers happen. And, and you know, I'll give them credit. They they were responsive. They came up with a solution. It worked. So I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm sure I wasn't the only person having this issue. They probably came up with the generic release. It wasn't like Steve in accounting was writing me a personal email or anything. But um, I, I, I makes me feel a little shaky about it to be honest because mm-hmm. this is the fir- this is the first sony problem i've had like this i've had my fair share of xbox issues over the years <laughs> you know going going back to the og xbox one to the red ring of death to uh internal hard drive failures on my uh launch xbox one you know so it was it was caught me a little off guard that sony did me did me dirty like this but uh but yes, I was able to uh, fire up control after I had to re-download the fucking thing. And uh, <laughs> my, save, my save was still there, thanks to the cloud. Yeah. And uh, and so, yeah, I, I was able to get a couple little bit further in it. I'm, uh, you know, I'm officially the janitor's assistant now. And I'm about, <laughs> ha- I'm about halfway through with that whole area is where I'm at in control now. So at least I'm back on the clock for control. Um and I'm I'm feeling confident about putting new new software on my system. Uh, my son was happy to report that Fall Guys works still, and he was playing more Fall Guys. Apparently, there's a new season. I've completely checked out on Fall Guys. I don't really <laughs> know what's happening, but uh, he talks a lot about it, and I stop listening 30 seconds in. You know how it is. It's just mm-hmm. These things. But yeah, yeah. Returnal. I'm I'm kind of hyped. I'm kind of hyped so- for Returnal. I was like, Returnal was not on my radar, and I was looking mm-hmm. up some of the positive review stuff, kind of like how Shannon was questioning. I was like, all right, like, what is the game, really? Because I remember the trailer or whatever when they, like, mm-hmm. premiered it, but I was like, I don't really remember what it's about. And after reading this first paragraph, there is a line in there that pretty much guaranteed that I will be joining you in buying this game. <laughs> because in the paragraph, it says... Uh, this sci-fi action-slash-adventure game may look like a traditional third-person shooter, but it's not. Returnal is a roguelike sharing more DNA with FTL faster than light or the mm. Binding of Isaac than with Mass Effect or Gears of War. And that <laughs> sentence, I was like, I love FTL. I've put probably, like, 800 hours in the Binding of Isaac. So I'm like, yep. all right. I was like, I'm sold on it. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, I was reading the Polygon review of it, and I had I just had to find it because uh, 
I remember going through it and hitting this paragraph, which made me go like, oh, that sounds really cool. And at the same time, like realizing what I just read and how horrifying what I just read was. So the paragraph is, in some of my best runs, my body would be crawling with parasites. Knowing the risks and rewards of those creatures helped me craft specific and challenging playthroughs. Understanding how I'm helping and hurting myself makes each cycle feel different and experimental. And I was just like, oh, that sounds really neat. And then I'm like, wait, my body's crawling with parasites? What the f- Like, <laughs> hold on. What am I doing? <sighs> you're like a, you're like Venom at the end of the, your run. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> You're like not even human anymore by the end. Am I going to be Venom or am I going to be Carnage? Um, but yeah, so I'm 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 kind of hyped. That hits next week, so hopefully we will have that to talk about next. Uh, hmm. Oh well, thankfully the Switch can be handheld because I was going to say, man, that was going to be a fight next week for the TV between Pokemon Snap and Returnal. So I hope you have like a family sharing thing going on with your with Snap. Uh, yeah. or with Pokemon Snap, so yeah, everybody so. can play it. It's gonna be uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how uh, how it goes down in my house next week. Um, and it's the NFL draft next. Week. There's a lot happening. It's 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 a big time in my house. Uh, you guys do not care at all. Anyway, <laughs> um, so well, let's talk about a little about what we've been playing. So, like I said, I got back on track with control. So I'm chipping away at that again. Mm-hmm. Um, the other big chunk of time I had that I would have played control in, I ended up watching mortal Kombat. Uh, so we, just so everyone knows, we are going to be recording a spoiler cast on mortal Kombat tomorrow. So we're not really going to hit mortal Kombat on the show today. So look forward to that. It is a separate feed. Uh, later in the week, we're giving you a twofer this week coming at you all angles. Um, but uh, I did manage to pick up a game this weekend that dropped on Game Pass that it it sounds and looks like the dumbest thing. And I saw it get announced on Twitter. It's called Rain on Your Parade. And you play as a cardboard cutout rain cloud that rains on people. Think <laughs> like think like untitled goose game, but you're a cloud that drops rain, right? That sort of thing. Um and and levels give you certain things like, you know, soak all the humans, grow some crops, put out some fires, that sort of stuff. And you get the stars and then you move on to the next one. Kind of like almost like a old school cut the rope or something where you're trying to earn all three stars or like angry birds or something like that. Um and, but I kept seeing like people go like, you know, it's actually a pretty good game right on your parade and it's small. And I sit there at game pass. So I'm like, sure, I'll download it and try it. So the thing I didn't realize is the writing in the game is hilarious. Like <laughs> it's a very entertaining written game. And as you move on, the challenges get pretty intense. Like there's a, there's, you know, a level where, so you meet uh, Frogger but he just calls himself the nineties frog. And uh, <laughs> you like show up at his lake at one point And all these humans have uh, started camping at the lakeside. And he's like, you know, these humans don't even realize how flammable these, these trees are. And like, bro, I live here with my wife. Like, what am I supposed to do? And 
So that level ends with you essentially igniting everyone's tents on fire, (laughs) but also trying to stop the forest burning down at the same time. And you are a cloud that drops rain. That is all you do. (laughs) Like, but you have a lightning and thunder ability that you gain over time that you just will start catching shit on fire, light and left and right. Uh, Oh, by the way, one of the mini goals in that is trick a bear into eating one of the people. (laughs) And, and, uh, oh, and, and put out all the forest, all the campfires also while you're there. It's shit like that, you know, and, and you'll find, uh, some levels, like there was a one level that was a farm, but there's a huge toxic waste spill in the river. And if you float over that, your cloud becomes a toxic rain cloud or acid rain cloud. And so you can like corrode all the vehicles that are there and drive all the people away uh, you can kill all the crops on the farm, that sort of thing, by dropping acid rain on them. Um, it's it's so lighthearted that I could play it in front of my four-year-old without questioning it at all, just because she can't read. But at the same time, it's twisted enough that my 42-year-old ass was highly entertained. Like, <laughs> it's, it's one of those, like, every time there's a story beat, it's just like, Oh, you guys did that. You went there with this. Okay. All right. Let's let's see where this goes. And and the whole point of this is you're trying to clear the map to become uh, a legendary cloud in the legendary magic kingdom of Seattle. That's that's the whole point. <laughs> uh, awesome. It's it's on Game Pass. It's also on Switch and Steam and stuff like that. But uh, if you're skeptical that what I'm telling you might be total BS or whatever download it on game pass. It is, it starts so easy and it's so dumb, but damn, it's, it's fun. It's so entertaining and I can't recommend it enough. It rain on your parade. It, the first level of the game is you ruining a wedding and it just goes from there. Like it's, (laughs) it's really good. So check out rain on your parade. Uh, yeah, I was like I was looking at a video for it, and I really like the aesthetic, like the cardboard aesthetic. It's yeah. uh, of it's like so it reminds me a lot of like Tear Away or like Little Big Planet kind of mm-hmm. mixed with like moving out and stuff with the kind yeah. of like 3D and like mixed with 2D. Exactly. Yeah, because that's the thing is the world is like a three almost like a moving out type 3D world, but your character is literally looks like it's made out of cardboard hanging by two strings over yeah. this whole level. And oh, and you can dress him up. Like right now, my dude has a bandana with a crowbar. And he's like, <laughs> and uh, at one point, we made him look like a sunflower, but holding a guitar. And every time you rained on someone, it like dropped a sweet guitar lick. <laughs> it, you'd like, you'd like douse someone and be like, <laughs> you know, it was awesome every time. It's super entertaining. So yeah, rain on your parade is is rad. And you guys should all check it out because I'm I'm here for all of these little indie games that take a simple idea like this. But just every time they go to the what's the really fun thing we can do with this? They just jump with both feet in that direction. And that's really what they did. It's like, here's the simple idea. We're going to have a rain cloud that rains on the things. That's what we're doing. And then they just took that and went like, okay, but how can we make that more fun? Okay, that's a good one. How does that now become more fun? Okay, and then eventually it stacks until you get this, which is just, it's just good. It's just, you're smiling the whole time playing this game because it's so damn silly, but 
so biting at the same time. It's it's great stuff. Awesome. So Shannon, that's all I've been playing. How about yourself? Um, well, to, this wasn't a big week for gaming for me, but I did have some time to, um, I bought a game called, uh, Good Job, um, that Justin had played, um, a while back. It was on sale for like five bucks. Um, so I picked it up because it looked like a game that my son and I could play together. Uh, cause you know, it's been basically just kind of like a destruction kind of game. Um, but me being like the completionist that I am, like there is a scoring system into the game, like, you know, based on how much damage you cause and, um, you know, how fast you complete the objective, uh, things like that. So, you know, I, I've been playing it, but Justin, maybe you can enlighten me a little bit. Um, the game basically wants you to destroy everything on the level, right? Like it's not just, uh, completing the objective. Like they want you to fail, like, blow up everything on the floor before getting the objective complete right like as far as i know there's like almost kind of like i feel like in order to do everything you almost have to do some levels like multiple times because it's like try to do it like the fastest way possible and it's like the fastest way possible you're obviously gonna break a bunch of fucking shit and like ruin everything like launching it through but then it's like to do it as like carefully as possible without actually like fucking up too much stuff it's like you obviously can't do them both at the same time mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah like uh, like there was the level like the second stage in is like move a projector to this room and the projector's on the opposite side of the map so i basically just like create an extension cord slingshot from like uh the waiting area into the office grab the projector like pulled it all the way back rocketed it up a ramp and it shot like through a wall into the room broke like all the lights broke the screen but landed in the green square and they were like good job you're done but i only got like a d rating because like i did enough damage to not do a good job there but i also didn't do enough damage to where i didn't get that completion either (laughs) so i was just like what am i supposed to do here like just spend time destroying everything or like destroying nothing like i just you know it's a fun game don't get me wrong yeah, I think it's kind of similar in the aspect of, like, moving out and stuff where it's, like, you do, like, the level. And it's, like, okay, yeah, I loaded the truck. And then it, like, shows you, like, oh, but did you do this, this, and this? And it's, like, oh, don't throw anything out the windows. And it's, like, fuck, dude, so I'm going to have to, like, break down the doors and take everything through the doors <laughs> and stuff. instead of launching it from the second floor into the yard. Yeah, I think I just, like, loaded up, like, uh, there was one level that was, like, it's, like, three levels up, but you're in, like, shipping and receiving, and you got, um, you got a forklift, and I basically, like, loaded up the forklift, and there was, like, three floors, you had to take the elevator up, the forklift up all three floors, they get, like, some stuff up there, and, like, I loaded up the whole forklift, and I just drove the whole thing, like, right off the edge, and, like, (laughs) into the truck area, and, like, caused a crap ton of damage all the way down, and they were just like, yeah, um, we wanted you to get all those things down without using a forklift. And I was like, son of a biscuit. All right. So, yeah. But, yeah, I just have fun, like, royally destroying everything. And my son gets a kick out of watching, like, the people not even bat an eyelash when you try to run them over with a forklift. Or, like, you hit him with a uh, a slingshotted Ming vase that you're just trying to smash against the wall. <laughs> it's like, nobody cares. It's awesome. It's like but a I love day it. in the life at the Amazon warehouse. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, for five. I mean, I think I got it for like five bucks. It's definitely worth a five dollar purchase. So that's that's all I've really been playing this week. That's all I've had time for. Justin, what about you? What are you playing? 
So my game I was playing, which uh, when I told what I was playing, uh, Shannon did not believe. He thought it was one of my made-up games that I like to put on the Google Doc, but it is Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion. <laughs> I can't. Every time I hear it, I just it's so ridiculous. Like <laughs> I can't. The whole premise is ridiculous. So I've, you're based- I've even Googled it, and I'm still not sure you didn't make it up. Like. <laughs> So, like, the whole premise is you're, like, this little, like, well, you're a turnip boy, and you live in this, like, little vegetable town or whatever, and everyone has to, like, pay their taxes, and one day you're basically, like, fuck, like, the game literally, when you start the game, the first thing you do is you have your, like, taxes, and, like, in order to start the game, you have to hit A, and when you do, you just fucking shred the taxes in (laughs) half, and then from that point on, you're basically wanted for tax evasion in the game, and there's, like... (laughs) But it's funny, like, they kind of run with the concept, and I, I get a kick out of it, where it's, like, everything in the game, no matter what you do, like, reading it, piece of it, you always shred it, no matter what it is. <laughs> tax so, like, there's this, like, wanted poster, because you didn't pay your tax on the street, so when you look at it, there's no putting it away, there's no, it's, like, as soon as you hit A, you just fucking rip it in half, but there's, like, missions in the game and stuff where this, like, uh, gardener chick wants to you to give, like, this letter to this guy and when you get the letter you read it and then right in front of her face you just fucking tear it and then when you talk to her again she's like wow did you just do that like she's like all upset that you just tore her fucking love letter in half to this dude and then you have to deliver it to the guy he's like why is this torn in half (laughs) so the humor in it's like really funny um and like the art style is really cute like when you talk to people and stuff like the art style is just like kind of like this like nicely kind of drawn but the actual game is in pixel art and it's very kind of reminiscent of like a like legend of zelda kind of like minish cap or like you know link to the past it's that kind of camera angle and you're kind of running around and because you didn't pay your taxes the mayor's pretty pissed and so you basically become his errand boy and so you have to like go around like there's these pigs that are like messing up uh, this like barn and stuff where he wants to build a new thing for city hall and stuff so you have to go like beat up the pigs and you get this little grass sword and stuff to go in um and it has like little puzzles and stuff where it's like rolling the bombs which was in it was that was in one of the legends that was in like skyward sword i think or whatever where you could like roll bombs and stuff but it's really cute. It's pretty short. I haven't beaten it yet, but from what I've heard, like you can basically get through it in like about two hours, two to three hours, I think. So, which I'm fine with. Like I don't need like mm-hmm. super long like experience with it. But the writing, though, like there's one part that really got me where, uh, so in order to get into the barn, like one of the first bosses you have to fight are the pigs, and when you go to the barn and the mayor's assistant is there and she's a twitch streamer like a lot of the like humor and stuff in it it's like very like i guess like modern like relevant kind of stuff so she streams on twitch and her username is like her twitch handle the entire time you're talking to her that's like her name it's like diva whatever like 1620 and she's like i haven't been able to stream for days because these pigs are making too much noise and she won't let you fight them, though, because she wants you to be a, like, she's like, yeah, you have to like and subscribe to my thing and you've a uh, tier three sub. And <laughs> Tier three sub. Yeah. And so <laughs> it, I'm like, I'm like, I was stuck for a minute because I was like, dude, I don't know what the fuck she wants me to do. 
and there's like a uh, almost like a subway, like a deli, like in the town. And when you go there, you talk to the dude, and he's like, "Whoa, you know, sexy diva, sixteen twenty, like whatever." And he's like, she needs a tier three sub. And he's like, here. And he gives you a physical fucking sandwich. And it says it's a tier three sub. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and so you give her the sandwich. And she's like, oh, my God. Thank you so much. Make sure you like and subscribe. Like, I'll be on later, like, 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Like, you can go in. <laughs> nice. So, like, it's like jokes like that. They're pretty great. How, how much is this? Um, I think it's like... 12 like 12 bucks or something like that it's relatively cheap it, yeah it's uh 11.99 all right right You're now telling me like 12 dollars and it's like two to three hours i i might have to get that that's sounding yeah. that's sounding like my kind of humor yeah it's I'm, pretty I'm like with it. it's pretty cute so far. I, i'm excited to kind of see like where because i just like got done with like the first kind of area and stuff so now i'm like in the new like kind of second area so i'm kind of excited mm. to kind of see where it goes I, I like it. I like it a lot. Okay. But that that's all I've been playing. All right. Oh, did you do any more of uh there is no game? Um, no. I do need to go back to that. that I, uh, that's the other one I've been eyeballing a lot. Yeah, I I need to I still need to figure cuz I do desperately want to play it and it's like I need to go back in now that I'm not I was still stuck. So, I don't want to look it up though cuz that's like, I guess, kind of defeats the purpose of it being a puzzle game as if I have to look up what I need to do. But mm-hmm. now that I've had some time away from it, I need to go back and see if I can figure out what it is I need to do. I like it. Um, okay. So let's, uh, I guess we're moved into our spoiler-filled thing. We're going to talk Falcon Winter Soldier. We're going to talk Invincible. Uh, like I said, we're tabling Mortal Kombat for its own pod later this week. Uh, which one do you guys want to do first? So I'm only through four episodes of Invincible. I have not caught up completely. That's the goal to be next week is, is when it wraps, I'll, I'll be all caught up. Um, which one do you guys want to handle first? I'm down to start with Invincible. Okay. Yeah, we could do that. So another round children, uncle, uncle Zach's going to tell you a little bit of a story. Uh, it was about a month, maybe six weeks ago, on these very uh, pod waves where Justin and Shannon were both like, bro, watch Invincible. Like, what, what the fuck are you doing with your time? You need to watch Invincible. And I was like, sure, yeah, no, that sounds great. I'm going to totally get on that. And then absolutely didn't uh, for, you know, the last month or six weeks. And uh, found myself having some time on on Monday evening. And uh, was like, you know, fine, I'll watch Invincible. There was like nothing else going on. I didn't want to play anything, but Amazon Prime was staring me in the face. And I'm like, fine, fine, I'll watch Invincible. And I kind of tell you, because that first episode is 40-something minutes. For 35 of those 42 minutes or so, (laughs) I'm sitting there going like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? Like, I mean, it's fine, but there's nothing like crazy here. This is like okay, this kid got his powers and he's awkward teenager. And there's like all these justice league knockoffs that that's pretty funny. Like how blatant ripoff every single one of them is. (laughs) Um, And I'm like, and okay. Like there's no real biting satire here. There's no real anything I can say. This is kind of a toothless show about this coming of age story for this kid. I mean, it's fine, but there's nothing special. 
his dad murders the entire Justice League or Guardians of the Globe or whatever. And I'm sitting there with this, my jaw on the floor like, holy shit, what the hell just happened? And and then I was in. I was. It was like, okay, I have to see this now. I have to know what happens. I'm in. And uh, every episode gets more entertaining than the last. I'm I'm loving how they're setting the stage of was his dad actually like an evil bastard? Did someone take him over? Like, is he, is he being true when he says he doesn't remember what happened? Uh, I've liked all of the, uh, uh, you know, the, the government organization that was running the guardians of the globe and how they're kind of protecting him, even though they know he murdered everyone. (laughs) And they're like, send, uh, the, the, uh, the Constantine demon dude, they send him back to hell because mm-hmm. he was getting too close to the truth. Um, I, I will say that the home they're in does not seem like the safest place, you know, like the, the, uh, the home of Nolan and Mark and their mom, uh, people just seem to seem to keep showing up right in the middle of that house, like demons and like the government workers and stuff. It's like, I like that the guy was like, Oh, sorry. I thought I was teleporting to the front door and he's like standing in their living room. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I've just watched up to the episode where Mark, uh, goes to Mars to help them. And then, you know, finds that it's covered in parasites that if they, infect anyone they'll band together and destroy the martian race and Mm -hmm. they totally do on the sly (laughs) infect one of the astronauts before they get out of there uh but yeah i'm 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 on board with invincible it's it's insane in all of the funnest ways like every every episode has a moment that makes you go like holy shit like they did that like that's crazy um which probably shouldn't be surprising anymore but every time something happens in one of these episodes, I'm I'm stunned. So, what are your guys' thoughts of Invincible at this point? Justin, why don't you go first? Yeah, I was like, so yes, in the first episode, Omni Man doesn't just kill the just. I mean, it is he brutally murders yeah. them. Like de- like Darkwing, like he grabs him by the ankle and hits him on the ground so fucking hard, his teeth bounce on concrete like he just rolled dice mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and their version of the flash punches his chest and he just does it so hard that he's just like hitting him with his wrist at this point because his hands yeah. are so broken and mangled they're like basically about to fall off of his arms and he just like crushes that dude's like head like with his yeah. hands like it's really good and, and he, t- I, he takes off the the whatever the Superman equivalent is like with a karate chop he takes his damn head off like it's like what the hell yeah it's like you said like each episode gets and you're at four and in my like yeah. the last like three episodes have been way like I mean the episode one was really crazy but then yeah the last like two episodes especially the last one seven mm-hmm. has been nuts so it just keeps building up so that's why I see uh, episode eight is gonna be the finale so I'm pretty excited to see how that's going to end but i really like it and like i said a lot i know a lot of people like some of my friends who've been watching it are kind of like yeah like the action's great but they don't really like the like romance drama stuff sure but i kind of been like thriving on that because it reminds me a lot of uh batman beyond 
and like okay. how like Terry struggled like the nightlife, like dating his girlfriend, but then actually like, being Batman, and she'd get pissed off when he wouldn't show up or show up late, and that's what it reminds me a lot of. And the uh, the, the there was moments though I I think are hilarious, like when uh, I forget his girlfriend comes over to the house for the first time to like for their study date, mm-hmm. and. Dude shows up and is like, hey, we have an emergency. I need you at Mount Rushmore. And he's like, where's that? First off, which was <laughs> like, hilarious. What are they teaching you? <laughs> yeah, and yeah then, dude, uh, Cecil's such an asshole, but it's like he's <laughs> one of those likable assholes. And then, uh, but then he like tells her, I got, I, so I have to leave. I'll be right back. And then has this whole adventure, Mount Rushmore. With like Seisma Dude or whatever his name was, which that whole thing was hilarious, or Doctor Doctor Earthquake or whatever he called himself, yeah. but it was just how he's like, oh, I actually like minored in this and that and the other thing. When they were like, oh, you you're gonna tell us all about this now, and he's like, well, I had a minor in theater arts or whatever it was. It was <laughs> yeah, like lines like that are great. But then uh, that whole episode is that adventure at Mount Rushmore, and then he comes back and she's like, you've been gone like an hour. And I'm like, wait, that whole thing took like an hour? What the hell? Like, yeah, that, so that was really funny. Um, I also yeah. like the blue guys who, like, neither one of them knows which one's the clone. <laughs> but they yeah. do that on purpose because he's like, you have to, because otherwise if one of us knows which one the clone is, then it ruins, like, the illusion. <laughs> yeah, the, pr- the prison break for the blue guys was pretty savage, too. Like, that was pretty pretty brutal. Uh, the, yeah, everything about that whole series, um, I think I was with you in the beginning. I was like, okay, this is kind of a snooze fest until he murdered everybody. And, um, you know, I think, you know, when he just squished that dude's head, I was like, oh man, this is kind of like going to be the, I guess, was it like the bright burn of, uh, of like this series, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. nobody has a solution to kill this guy and they're all just kind of you know, kind of placating him right now until they have a solution on how they can get rid of him. Um, And so that was kind of interesting, but also it was just, you know, he seems, you know, he's got his moments where he's, he seems like he's a nice guy. And then like, you know, uh, there was this, I think it was in the second episode where they're fighting the Martians or whoever comes through the rift, like the time controlling aliens. Oh, that Um, was great. How they just kept showing up. Yeah, and, like, every time they show up, the dude's older, and then finally Nolan just, like, flies into the rift with them, seals it up, and the mom's like, he's probably just giving him a good stern talking to right now, and then it goes and shows him, and he's, like, flying the dude through buildings, and he's just slowly decomposed, like, parts of him are missing as he's flying through, like, each building, and then he's got, like, the whole, like, he's got, like, half of the continent, like, over his head, and he's, like, forcing the three remaining aliens that are alive to, like, open the portal so he can get back. And then when he does, he just, like, destroys the rest of the world. He, like, like leveled yeah. their entire civilization. <laughs> yeah, he is just dark. Like, and, you know, there was a part of me that was, you know, wondering um, if the Mars episode was kind of, like, they were kind of leaning on that for something that you need to, like, call back to when they get to the final episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe a parasite got in him and it's kind of controlling him in some way, shape, or form. Like, I think that would be, like, a really weak way to, like, end the season, though. Um, you know, I'm kind of hoping that, like, you know, maybe because he's from this other planet and he was supposed to be come to Earth to protect it, that he can be the only protector of Earth. Like, maybe mm-hmm. that's the rule. Um, 
or maybe uh, my my girlfriend has this theory that he was a reject from his planet um, and they kind of banished him instead of like, you know, sending him away. Um, and he's, you know, kind of has to redeem himself. But because there's all these other superheroes on this planet, he can't really, um, you know, get back to uh, his planet because he can't do enough good deeds. So he's just kind of getting fed up. Um, so like, my uh, my theory is kind of similar to yours. It, it, it shares a lot of the same DNA where I think he, cause he didn't consider the guardians, his equals in any level. But once Mark got his powers, he knew it was on for real. And there might be something like societal for his race where almost Sith Lordish, like there can be only one type thing like there can be an apprentice but you can't have two like full-blown sith lords like that ain't working um and he knows now that like the clock's ticking essentially where him and mark are gonna have like highlander style like take one of them's gonna have to lose their head type thing which is why he's being all weird about it but then Mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily justify murdering everyone else so i don't really know (laughs) Or maybe he needs to become the villain so that like Mark can be like the hero. Um, you maybe. know, I, maybe like I I, don't, I haven't read any of the comics and I don't want to read the comics at this point. Like I'm so invested in yeah, me too. figuring I'm... out how this goes. Um, so and you know Robbie's probably like freaking out right now listening to this, but like you know I, I'm sorry Robbie. Um, but your yeah, battery's it's... laughing about how wrong we are. You know? <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, it's it'll it'll be interesting. Like I watched episode seven and I was just like, oh, give me more of this. Like this is this is hitting its stride in such great fashion now that I'm like, OK, it's all coming to a head. Everybody's mm. got their everybody's got their role to play. And I want to see how this plays out. Um, So, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm totally on board with all of it. Give me it. Yeah. So. We'll we'll probably do a full breakdown next week of Invincible after I catch up and we all watch episode eight. Uh, is that the last episode of the season? Eight? Yeah. Yeah. I, I can also guarantee you, like with how much I've seen it online, like this is definitely going to get another because the comics also done. So I can like imagine we'll probably oh, get like a okay. couple seasons. Yeah, the, the comics only like I guess like a hundred and like fifty or sixty issues, something like mm. that. So. So that's nice, though, because then it's like, you know, they don't really necessarily they have all the source material to work with. So it's not like they have to, like, try to figure something out for like an ending or something. So have you have you read any of the comics, Justin? I haven't, but I have friends who have. And so they've kind of like kind of told me like the differences between like the show and like like a lot of the stuff like robot storyline has been like accelerated like, a lot oh, okay. of what he's doing, like, now happens, like, later in the comic and stuff, but they're kind of, like, making it happen now, which they said is, like, nice, but it's the same thing that happens. Like, nothing's changed. It's just happening sooner. Mm-hmm. And his, uh, I guess his girlfriend, um, like, isn't actually in the comic. Like, the chick, like, I guess, like, you know, him and Eve or whatever, I guess, have a thing, which... <laughs> I mean, they pretty much allude to, like, from the get-go, like, he has a crush on Eve. Like, I figured that was going to be, like, a season two thing is they're finally going to get together. But I thought that was interesting that his current, the one, his current girlfriend or whatever uh, isn't actually in the comic. So, Hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, like, how many episodes, how many volumes of the comic they went through in the first season. I will say the... uh... 
I'm blanking on the voice actor that uh, does Eve's ex-boyfriend. Oh, uh, Jason Jason dude, Mantukas. Yeah, dude. Yeah. The, the, the dude from Big Mouth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Some, yeah. some of his delivery almost took me out of some of those episodes. It was just like, like you're going a little too hard on this, bro. Like, you know, like we, we get that you're an asshole. You don't have to go that hard on it. You know, it's just, <laughs> I love it. The, the him and like monster girl and shit where he's just yeah. like dogging on her. Like he's like, you <laughs> like in her fucking face. And then she yeah. like beats the shit out of him. And he's like, yeah, a good one. <laughs> but actually that the scene where, where she's kicking the shit out of him as monster girl was a great stage setting for, essentially displaying like oh yeah invincible is way better than all these people too like when when he just casually gets monster girl off of him and it was one that moment where like no one else in this room could have done that and he just picked her ass up and threw her like Like, it wasn't even an issue he's basically a god (laughs) yeah yeah so that was pretty pretty cool um all right well let's talk a little Falcon and Winter Soldier recap. The series is our season is done. They're, I'm guessing we're probably going to get a movie with these people next. I've been told Captain America four is, is getting greenlit. Um, so my guess is that would be this, this group. Uh, what, what did you guys think of the finale? Where, where are you at now that you've seen the whole thing? Mm, um, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> Uh, Tommy Shannon the White, Tommy the White it. Ranger, Tommy Shannon the White Ranger. Hated it from the beginning, and then it was like a roller coaster slowly <laughs> going up, and then I'm assuming, is from what it sounds like, it probably dropped for Shannon here. It it did. Like I mean, it's it's good. Um, I think I like the ending a little better than the the WandaVision one. Um, but I don't know. Like it just it, it felt like I felt like it tried to do a lot in six episodes. Um, and I kind of wanted to see like, right as it hit its apex, it ended. Um, so I, my, my hot take now that it's all over, you could have cut Carly and the flag smashers entirely from mm-hmm. this run. Well, it, so this is what I was reading. So, um, when they shot this, um, the whole reason the flag smashers were in this was because there was a global pandemic going on and all the vaccines were only being distributed to like the, you know, the wealthier nations. Mm-hmm. So the flag smashers were essentially stealing vaccines to give to, um, poorer nations and kind of distribute the, the, the well-being evenly around yeah. everybody. But because there was an actual global pandemic going on, they cut that whole story out of out of the uh, the series so that would explain why like the flag smashers don't really feel flushed out mm-hmm. uh, or like they don't ha- really have too much of a purpose um so i think you know if you put that storyline back in you're you, you have a more robust and uh you know determined flag smashing crew sure but i yeah. I'm, I'm i'm gonna go out on a limb here and and you guys tell me if i'm wrong I didn't really like the suit. I mean, I know, I know it's comic. I know it's, it's totally comic perfect. I get it. It's, it's exactly how the suit looks in the comics. I, I, I know, I know, but man, when he's just standing there in that suit, it looks like, it looks like a costume. It doesn't look like how the rest of the MCU outfits look where they're actually, actually look like tactical or functional. 
you know, or, or something. It reminds me, and maybe it's on purpose now that I'm saying this out loud. It reminds me a lot of the first Captain America movie and his outfit in that movie Mm. where, where it's almost a little too comic perfect. You know, it takes like real world functionality out of, out of the case. I I think there's a lot of room to improve going forward. Kind of how like Mm -hmm. they did in Captain America. The first run with Steve Rogers, where, you know, by the time he's, uh, was it Winter Soldier or or Civil War, that outfit is way different than the first movie and much more, looks much more battle functional than than the original outfit did. Do you guys have thoughts on the on the outfit? I didn't mind the suit as much. Like, the only part of it, I like my, like, the neck, the fact that the neck part's connected to the head part, I think looks yeah. weird. Like, I wish... Yeah. That entire part was gone, and he just had, like, goggles or whatever, like, his normal suit. And then the it ended at the neckline and didn't, like, was when he's standing there talking to people, yeah, it's, like, the very, like, almost Batman-esque where he can't really like, turn his head. Yeah, the, <laughs> like, that the, the full the cowl. Thing's, like, connected, yeah. yeah. So I didn't really like that aspect of it. Yeah, I thought the suit was too bright. Um yeah, I thought the there was a lot of white going on there. I didn't really like it too much. Um, I did like the fact that they. I don't know if he always had that functionality in his goggles to where he could like scan things like Iron Man, where like he could yeah. see things. That was a kind a a kind of a cool like addition if that was the case. Also, for being the new Captain America, he did he hardly used the shield and like relied a lot uh, on on his Falcon uh, functionality at the end of that series. I mean, to be fair. If I if you just handed me some vibranium ass wings, I'd be I'd be using them too. So yeah, I don't know. he's been using those for years and years. Where he only had one training montage with Bucky <laughs> throwing the shield. But I mean, like in all other Marvel universe movies, that's enough <laughs> for a lot of people to be proficient in their new weapon. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was. Uh, I mean, I thought that they were gonna. I mean, Zach called the power broker. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, that was pretty fun to see. Um, and, uh, but I didn't think that, um, the, the head of the Flag Smashers was going to get killed. Uh, I thought she was going to come in and like have a, a different role at the end of that. But, you know, uh, it, that was probably the most shocking part of the finale for me. Like to watch her get shot by the power broker. I was just like, oh damn. But. Dude, I I thought it was funny when, uh. They were loading up the flight in the car and they were going to the raft and then it just blew up. And I was like, what the fuck? And then you see Zemo's butler chilling yep. in the car. And I was like, yes. I was like, you got him. And Z- Zemo sitting in a cell, just smiling. Like, yep. <sighs> That's good. Um, okay. I did. I, I have an issue with this entire series. I feel like the writers of, of the MCU just do Sam so dirty. Like, you know, you got the montage, you got the fighting montage. Has Sam in in the entirety of the run from like the first Captain America Winter Soldier movie to the current, has he ever just kicked someone's ass? Like the setup was there for like Patrock to be like, okay, no, me and you, Cap, let's do this. And Sam should have just beat the piss out of him. Like, why was that a fight? Like, why was that a fight that went through multiple scenes? Like, you're Captain America now. Like, fucking Batroc the Leaper? That's a guy that's on your level? Like, no, <laughs> no, just 
get him one and done. Move on. Keep the fight going. Like, that would have been a great signal that, like, oh, no, Sam's elevated his game. Like, he's not on this, like, C-tier list villain shit anymore. He's Captain America going after the big boys. But no, him and Batroc, like, fight to a fucking standstill, essentially, and he jumps out a window and keeps going. And I'm like, what? Can you just let Sam kick someone's ass? Can we just have Sam beat the piss out of someone, please? Like, he's fucking Captain America now. Like, let's do this. It just, it, man, I just feel like he gets done so dirty. Yeah, I don't I don't even think there was, like, a really big, like, reveal for him coming out in the costume. Like, you know, like, there wasn't anything that stood out in this finale that made me go, like, oh, shit. Like, this is, like, yeah. the Marvel that I remember. Like, you know, it just kind of seems like... I don't know. Like it, it like it seems like the the Marvel cinematic universe messed with the uh timeline or the impact that the series would have on on us, you know, as viewers. Mhm. Just seems like know. it's it's missing something. I did totally appreciate though when, you know, he was flying and the people filming him with their cameras are like, "Bro, that's the Black Falcon." And then it's the arbiter that's not the Black Falcon boy. That's Captain America. <laughs> yep. The established, like, no, he's no longer Black Falcon. He is yeah. Captain America now. But did they ever call him Black Falcon? They always just called him the Falcon, right? Well, remember when he was first shows up in Baltimore to see Bradley in, like, what was that, episode two? Yeah. One of the kids was like, are you Black Falcon? And he's like, are you Black Kid? Like, what are you <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, like, overall, like, there was, like, seriously, this week when I watched Invincible and I watched uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like, back to back, and Invincible left more of an impression on me than this one did. So, I don't yeah. know. My my feeling with the thing, I mean, I think they did a lot of really cool stuff in this show. And I, I'll, okay, here's the thing. I think it's better than WandaVision. I thought this series was better than WandaVision. WandaVision had, there was not, there was nine episodes in WandaVision. The first five or six were fantastic. And then they, and my feeling is they just didn't stick the landing at all in that show. And, Mm -hmm. and I feel this, this story was way more coherent front to back. You saw really good character growth. You saw, I mean, I think the overarching theme of the whole thing was essentially rebuilding and, you know, they, Sam it gets rebuilt. Bucky gets rebuilt. Their friendship is rebuilt. Uh, Isaiah Bradley gets rebuilt back to prominence. You know, by the end of that, there's a display of him, so this person and character that they tried to, you know, hide and, and erase from history is brought back front and center in the goddamn Smithsonian. You know, like it's like all that stuff is really cool. I think they just tried to do too much with it. Like, you didn't need the power broker and the flag smashers in this story. You just didn't, but you're setting it up for another thing that's going to happen outside of this, you know, in another movie or another show. So we need to get it in here. Uh, I, I like the character of John Walker. I thought he was acted really well. I thought Wyatt Russell killed it as John Walker. I liked his whole storyline. You hate him. You feel bad for him. You kind of get where he's coming from. He's still kind of a dick, though, so you don't feel too bad, you know, that whole thing. But in the end, that whole experience of John Walker 
seem to be just to get to U.S. Agent and wherever they're going to go next, which is either going to be Thunderbolts or Dark Avengers or wherever. But it it seemed weird to me that like they just shoehorned so much stuff into a, what I feel like is a pretty important storyline that was handling, you know, how America champions its values, but not its people in a sense. And, and so I, I think when all that comes together, it, it was just like, there was too much here at the end to tie up. I don't know, Justin, what do you think? Well, dude, I, after you mentioned that, it's like, I agree where, dude, in the last episode, I really thought like when Walker like was showing up, I thought like, you know, they were going to throw fists and Walker yeah. was literally their buddy the entire time. Like Walker didn't even try to start shit with Falcon and Bucky. He was running around chasing the flag smashers with them like he was still fucking captain america yeah. Yeah. But like, so that really threw me for a loop because i thought like for sure like him and bucky were gonna go toe-to-toe or it was gonna be like captain america versus ex captain america like mm-hmm. sort of shield versus shield like sort of thing going on none of that happened and then like walker is the one who fucking like was saving the truck from falling off the edge and stuff yeah. as he's getting the crap kicked out of him by flag smashers trying to stop him so I was really surprised that they kind of went that route with it where I was like, dude, I was like, usually they fight and then there's a team up and they just skip the fight and went like right for the team up. Like I was well, also, a rematch. I have, I have issues and it happened multiple times this series where people that have been super soldiers for let's say less than a year. I'm not sure of the timeline here, but let's say less than a year are giving it to the fucking winter soldier, Sam, and now super serumed up John Walker, who was like the elite of the elite fighters before. Like, cause that was the whole thing. When Walker first meets up with, with Carly in this episode, I'm like, Oh, Carly's going to learn today. Like, yeah, that strength doesn't matter anymore. Now that he's just as strong as you and you're, it's going to be on. And she like gives it to him again. And I'm like, well, bro, like, no, this isn't this isn't how this works on any level. Like, these these are supposed to be the best of the best military trained fighters in the world. And like this kid who got super soldier serum is just like beating your ass. I don't care how much underground training she's been getting. She ain't got decades of it. Like, what the hell? I don't know. I had an issue with that the whole time. Yeah, um, I my issues revolved around like there were a couple things like after we talked last week about like the whole uh, battle between Falcon and the uh, Captain America, um, mm-hmm. like when you were saying like they broke his arm to essentially get the shield off of him, um, you know I was thinking about that I was like man if that's the case like the super ser- the soldier serum that they have is less uh like potent than the one that the original captain took because he freaking fell out of buildings landed on cars never broke a single bone like he's always just getting back up like jogging away like you know let's fight the next battle um and so i was just like wow that's you know kind of weird that they kind of went that route and showed him to be not as strong even though he still has that super soldier serum um but yeah i mean also i think like the series kind of there was so much going on that you could have fleshed out like Bucky's character more. And I just feel mm. like, I mean, like he was just kind of left to kind of dangle in the wind in that like season finale. Like he didn't really, it wasn't, it didn't really revolve around him as much, you know? Uh, and I get that. I get like what they were trying to prove and you know, what they were trying to 
well, not prove, but like what what they were trying to portray. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I just feel that in a series where you have these two characters that you're trying to add more depth to, I feel like they did a disservice to the Winter Soldier, like his redemption run. I guess you can say it just didn't feel like there was much growth for him uh, in the series. Well, the growth they showed it happened in huge sweeps. You know, like it was one of those like broken man can't get through a first date to hitting on Sam's sister, repairing a boat out on the bayou, you know, like it, and that seemed to happen real fast. And so. it also, yeah. And it also seemed like, um, you know, in the, in, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier had this talk where like, you know, you going to all these people and apologizing to them, it's not, um, you're avenging, you know, like you were saying, like he's mm. not. It's not healing him, but yet he still goes to the his friend at the end and divulges that he was the one that killed his his son, um, you know. And I felt I feel like we needed more to see more from that because like that was the setup. Like, but then how how did he make himself of service to to him? Mm-hmm. How did he how did he what did he do to repair that? Yeah, Not essentially, like, this is your new son now, and like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, like you know, I was expect, I was expecting maybe the the father to be like, well, that wasn't who you were, um, mm-hmm. you know, and show like that there's the bigger man, and and to show that there is forgiveness, uh, that you know, in his redemption there was some forgiveness, but instead he just ends up standing outside the bar watching his the girl that he went out on this awkward first date with and the dude drink. And he's just kind of like, yep, I did that. And then he turns around, like, walks away. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's like. That was my thing, too. When he left the apartment, I was like, so are they still friends? <laughs> like, yeah. what happened? Like, like what happened here? Yeah. Just felt rushed. Yeah. And that and that speaks to more of my, they just tried to shove way too much into the final episode. Like, if anything, they could have done the big fight in episode five and had a whole episode. Or there should have been an episode seven of just, like, the fallout from that. Like, where where are all these people doing now? Like, like you get to see Isaiah Bradley's reaction, but, like, what is that? What's his life like now? You know, like, what is he doing now? Uh, what? Again, I would like to see more than just Bucky walk into a room and walk out and be like, here's the books done. It is? You finished the book? Like, wait, what? That, there was a lot of names in that book, and it's done, bro. It's been like a week. What the fuck did you just do? <laughs> you know, like, I, like I want, I want all that. Um, so yeah, it, it'd be interesting if we would have gotten more, but I understand that time and tide moves on. Uh, well, but on the whole, you know, what do you think? Better mm, than one division? Mm, I'd say they're about the same. About the same. See, I I still I enjoyed WandaVision more, even though I, I do think as a whole, like the ending of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I think ended better than WandaVision. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the week to week mystery of WandaVision, I felt more engaged, I think, in WandaVision and thought more about WandaVision like during the week and stuff than I ever did Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Even yeah, though I, I did enjoy Falcon and Winter Soldier more than I thought I would initially coming off the high of WandaVision into Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, if we're following like our categories for movies, I put them both in watchable, but I would put WandaVision ahead of Captain America or er, er, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think it was just WandaVision was so unique to begin with. And this felt yeah. very much like a, a formula we have seen. 
but I came away from this going, maybe, I don't know, maybe it should have been a two and a half hour long movie instead. I don't know. I don't know if it would have been better or it would have been worse, but I liked it. I was entertained, but I just, I, I've got this like nagging thing that it could have been a lot better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's yeah. hope that. Let's hope they figure out some of these wrinkles by the time we get to uh, Loki. You know, we'll, we'll see. I'm we'll excited see for it because I feel like I said it before where I think like WandaVision was like the far left of like weird Marvel. Mm-hmm. And then Falcon Wars was the far right of more street level kind of like the Marvel that, you know, sure. and then I think Loki is going to be that middle ground bridging the two of time travel like weirdness but loki's also still like a very like grounded like character and stuff the so see i'm thinking like the first two series like the one division and the uh you know falcon and winter soldier they were both like really heavy like they weren't they weren't funny there was there was a little bit of like humor in there but there wasn't a lot of like moments that made you kind of there wasn't any levity in it like there was always like a darker cloud looming um mm. you know with loki i'm you know i'm expecting there to be like you know a little bit of ominous like foreboding going on but at the same time i'm kind of hoping that they work a lot more witty banter and humor into his situations just because he can be a shapeshifter and he can finagle he's always been like the silver-tongued um trickster so i'm kind of hoping that they lean into that and it's a lot more um like i I don't know like comical is the word but i like lighter i guess you could say Mm -hmm. and i yeah I'm, i'm excited to see like you said just it letting letting loki eat you know just let him chew up the scenery let him Give him the dumb scenarios and let that that smile and the wit totally win the day over and over and over again. Because that's when that's when uh, that character is at its best when he's just riffing and uh, <laughs> you know kind of just poking fun at the room and and figuring being very smart when everyone else is being very dumb. Like that's that's when he's at his best, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, well, I guess that is a show for this week. We uh, will have our Mortal Kombat show later in the week, so look for that. We'll make a post uh, once we know when that is going to be rolling out. But, uh, Justin, why don't you go ahead and land this plane? You know what, guys? Thank you, guys. Uh, filthy. Filthy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning to another episode of That Pixel Life. We have a new logo. It's on the Twitter. It's on the Discord. So check it out if you are on the Discord. Um, there's spoiler talk going on for... We just kind of covered a lot of it, but for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And what will soon be Invincible once Zack is caught up. And mm-hmm. then in May, I think it's May, is when we're getting Loki. Uh, June. June, June, actually. So June. There, oh, right. There's a desert in May that we have to wander through until we can get. <laughs> well, then I guess not till June, but we got Loki spoiler talk coming. And, you know, if you're listening to the podcast on iTunes, you could give us a review if you want. Let us know what you think, what you like, what you don't like. Um, I'm happy that Zach's PlayStation is working, so we'll probably return back to more control mm-hmm. next week. 
And, uh, you know, I'll give Shannon a redemption here. <laughs> Shannon, if Robbie was here, what do you think Robbie would say? I think Robbie would say we need to read more comics and to be great. All right. I'm proud of you, bud. Uh, oh, Rob- so hard. Robbie, Robbie would also say, Shannon, you're out of your mind. Mortal Kombat was amazing. What's the problem with <laughs> I you? I do believe in the group text, he quote unquote said, Shannon, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> but we will parse those waters soon. So get over here. Because I'm about to ruin the image and the style that you're used to. I look funny. But yo, I'm making money, see? So yo, world, I hope you're ready for me. Now gather round. I'm the new fool in town. And my sound's laid down by the underground. I'm drinking a bottle of Hennessy you got on your shelf. So just let me introduce myself. My name is Humpty. Pronounced with the Humpty.